Peace and blessings, and welcome back to another episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you're looking to fix your credit and to fix your monetary position, if you're tired of opening up your wallet to pay out debts instead of bringing in income, contact Transparent Credit Repair by going to the tab at the bottom of the HeritageHipHop.com page and filling out an application to not only get your credit repaired, but to change your life. So once again, HeritageHipHop.com, look for the tab for Transparent Credit Repair. On this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, we give a shout out to our brethren in Brooklyn, but we keep it Jersey by talking to the nominees of the Heritage Hip Hop 2020's Project of the Year with their album, The Static Files, we talked to CF and Don Teak, which make up the Billion Man Rebellion. Make sure you stay tuned to hear more of what makes this group special and how they continue the legacy and heritage of not only Jersey hip hop, but Brooklyn hip hop and hip hop worldwide. Stay tuned. I'll come back with the rest of my commentary. Peace and blessings, everybody. Welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. Today, we have some... We have something special, and it's not something that every hip hop head gets to gets to gets to just go through. It's not it's not something that's common in today. I'm not even going to do this on proper. Let me tell you what it is. There was a time when groups were the mainstay in hip hop, whether you were the Furious Four plus one more, or you were MOP or Wu Tang Clan, or even if you were Brick Mob. You know what I'm saying? Groups had names. And the thing that made the group last was dexterity, lyrics, beats, perseverance, and the ability to make you believe everything that they said. Today, we are bringing Billion Man Rebellion, the Project of the Year nominees to Heritage Hip Hop. And before you turn off this interview, I guarantee you're going to learn something about what hip hop is and how come you're not hip hop compared to them. Introduce yourself to the folks, please. Yo, what up? This Peace, is CF. Peace. My name is Dante, the other half of BMR. Facts. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to have y'all. And Heritage Hip Hop is not about beats and rhymes. Heritage Hip Hop is about the culture and the heritage that made hip hop strong. Tell me about your background and how did you adapt hip hop, hip -hop into your life? CF, go first. Um, I started, uh, getting into hip hop when I was a young, uh, you know, younger from my cousins. I used to visit them in the projects and Hoboken projects and they would, um, they would let me rock with them or whatever. And they would, uh, put me onto video music box and shit like that and, <laughs> and spinning records and stuff like that. And I was just like, all right. And then I would go to the projects and have little ciphers with them. And since I was the lightest one out of my cousins, they'd be like, go white boy, go ahead, go rap. You know what I'm saying? So it was... <laughs> It was mad. Uh, it, it it was something that started because of rest in peace, my cousin Evelyn. She passed away, but she she was definitely a, a influence in in my life in terms of getting into this hip hop shit. So it was bugged up. Hey, right. oh, shit, me. Um, I was the guy, well, the kid that would listen to all the radio stations. Out of like, I had nothing but female cousins, so I was the one that was. I'm sitting there making the tapes and shit, finding mm -hmm. out whatever Red Alert was on. And from there, 
I moved to Virginia and ended up being, I had a DJ. I ended up carrying his crates to the parties and mm. rapping, being the only dude that's, that gets the microphone after because I was the one carrying the crates type shit. So <laughs> it started from. That's very traditional hip hop from carrying crates to ciphering, freestyling. That, that means that you always had hip hop in you and it had to be bought out. When did hip hop first come out of your system? So when people looked at you, they dro- they dropped their their jaws and was like shocked. I when um I started getting more organized with my lyricism when I partnered up with this uh, kid named Sia who lived around the corner from me, which you know we we were childhood friends and we he got me in a rhyme because initially I, I didn't want a rhyme. I was just like, yo, I'm too light skinned. I don't know if this shit going to work. And he's like, yo, it ain't about none of that shit. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. So, so when I started rocking them around like that age, when I had my first, when I had my battle with him, cause we used to battle back at the, um, in the uh, grade school, you know, the lunchroom tables, banging and shit, making the, making the drums or whatever. He mm-hmm. beat me, son. And I ain't gonna front. I was like, I was crying. I was like, damn, like a little bitch. I was like, yo, that's fucked up. But my boy, my boy L was like, yo, you know what? Fuck that. You're gonna be better than him. You're gonna beat him. One day you're gonna get up there. You're gonna, you're gonna surpass him. And that's still my bro. Side to the day. Rest in peace. Cause he, he got murdered back in 99. That's the homie. The homie. So mm-hmm. but we had another cypher and I ended up overtaking him again. And that's when I noticed I was like, oh shit, y'all, I'm really getting better. I'm really developing. My skill set mm-hmm. is, is, is progressing. And that's when people were like, yo, you, you gonna be something. You know what I'm saying? But it had mm-hmm. to happen because of a failure in order for me to get to there. A failure from a person who was a mentor to me at the same time, because he's the one that got me in the game. So I took my first L with the dude that put me on to becoming an organized, effective lyricist. That's what I'm trying to say. Nice. Oh, that's that's crazy. That's dope. That's like the song that you did, the, um, Every L's a Lesson. That, that's that's yeah. kind of That's the way I, I learned through trial and error. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I learned. Or um me is uh I spit a verse in school before I moved um I spit a verse in school before I moved to Virginia and they was everybody was just like spitting whatever shit and the, the shit I spit they looked at me like I was crazy so I was <laughs> like all right and once I moved to Virginia I told them I could rap but I couldn't really rap I would just like freestyle and say shit off the head like to myself nobody knew that I could rap, except the, like three people in that school. And um, I told the dudes I could rap. He's like, all right, well, he tested me, he gave me the microphone at like a uh, um, little block party and shit. And I went in and they liked it. So I figured I was doing, I was doing some of shit. <laughs> Pops hit a little tape that they made from that night and he thought I was Chi I was like, all right, cool. You think I'm a rapper, so I'm going to keep doing this shit. <laughs> That's just or, funny uh, the way I how we music, so I was kind of like trying to make him notice type shit. Yeah, yeah that's, shit, huh? I used to love I used to love that record too. Ages not just a number by Chiali yeah. and the um the um the Road Runner. Yeah, that, that, that joint was my shit too back in the days. That's a fact. Cooler Coyote, I'm the road runner. Yeah, runner. yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, I used to love. I used to. I used to. Yeah. I fuck with Chiali Wild Heavy, yo. And then my man, um, my man China Mac, 
put me on to one day because China Mac was like, yo, I know I know Chi Ali because I met Chi Ali in a verse when I was on stage and China Mac just happened to be there. That's when he, when he got out of, when he was, you know, freed from his incarceration. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, uh, I know mm-hmm. Chi Ali, man. I can introduce you to him. So I met him one time. I was like, yo, you know, Chi Ali was backstage at a Immortal Tech show. And I was like, oh, that's fucking dope because I really fucked with Chi Ali <laughs> when I was a kid. Still do though. Facts. Yeah. Okay. He was he was the only kid chilling with the Native Tongue Squad too. Facts. That shit made you want to yeah. be him for a second. But isn't that up? isn't that what makes BMR dope? Is that y'all have roots in the culture instead of being two people who rhyme. Just thought we get together and just make music. What was it that impressed you about each other that made y'all a group and want to do something together? I um when I first met Dantique, I was still a partner with Sire. And Dante came from Brownsville, Brooklyn, I believe. I don't know if he was staying at other places within the New York City metro area, but that's where his, his origins are from. And then stayed came to Jersey. I definitely just yeah. Brooklyn, yeah. So he was in Jersey City, uh, and he was enrolled in the school there. And somebody said, yo, there's this rapper who signed this, that, and the third. And he was signed at that time, the Sony Epic Street. So I said, all right, I'm, I'm battling because I know I'm the nicest one here. And... um. When I heard him, his demeanor, his flow, his cadence and shit, that shit uh, impacted me and inspired me to have more swag in my shit. Because before, everyone was trying to replicate like grave diggers. But T came with that kind of like, that boot camp click kind of flow. So it was two kind of camps going on in that 90s hip hop shit. You either, you know, was jumping on the woo wave or the or the boot camp wave. You know what I mean? And him being from Brooklyn, he was directly in that influence. So on the Jersey side, we was though we was influenced by Redman, we was more experimenting with our flows with me and my boy Sire because I was listening also to Freestyle Fellowship and you know saying uh, things that they were doing over there, and they kind of inspired me to just want to experiment with my music, which would kind of get me off beat, off the snare, even though I could rhyme on beat all the time. But I saw T's cadence, and that shit impacted me in a way that affects me to this day. It increased the quality of how I, uh, of how I deliver my flow on the track and shit like that. So that's one thing that it impacted me. And his perspective on shit. He has a grasp and a perspective and a well-learned type of... Uh, 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 um, you know, he puts references, a lot of references in his flow and shit like that. And I was like, oh, all right, I see what, what, he, what he's doing. But we both kind of influenced each other. Like, you got to understand, we met each other in 1994, and we currently in 2020. So that's oh, a nice. that's a long-ass fucking time. <laughs> nice. Take, what, what, like, what for, for me, mm-hmm. for me, like, they had a style that was like, it was it was kind of on the gravedigger shit, but the way they spit was more like jazz. Like it didn't necessarily go to the beat, but it was on beat. It had its own beat within the beat. So that that kind of like messed my head up. I was like, oh, you can do this other way. Where in my area, I didn't chill with nobody like in the Ville or on Union Street at all, Ralph Ave or Sutter. We would just there was nobody that really rapped like. And if they did rap, 
block. They was wherever the fuck. So the, the dudes I chilled with was all older than me. None of them rap. They was all Decepticons doing Decepticon shit. So <laughs> I didn't really have too many people to sharpen the sword with. You know what I mean? So once I once I got with them, it's like, all right, cool. I, it, it, it's people I could, like, still sharpen still, like, because we, we all, like, me and Saya was already rapping with each other, and then CF walked up. And then me and him started going going back and forth, and it just it just seemed like some cool shit. It didn't really seem like we was just going at each other's head. It was like, okay, let me let me see your style, like like, like on some kung fu shit. Word up, yeah, shit was dope though. That shit, even that first that day, day, we wrote to this day, that nigga still surprised me all the time. Hmm. Yeah, that's the same thing here. Like T got all the time, got wild bars, and I mean we shopping each other, we sparring partners, cause we 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 professionals at what we've been doing, cause we've been doing it together for so long, yeah. and there was an exchange of flows where our guy's cadence, he got like the unorthodox style that I was experimenting at the time, and then we fused that together, and that's how we got BMO. I'm glad you said that because. When we do the history of hip-hop, especially between New York and New Jersey, Brooklyn and North New Jersey were the two territories that had this secret love affair that really got to each other. But then Jersey City is considered like another type of animal. It's a whole nother beast. I want to ask you, um, as a Brooklyn MC and as a Jersey City MC, what do you think is the marriage that makes Brooklyn and New Jersey get along so well? Shit. I think it's that Good. gutter shit. I, when I when I moved from the when, the first place I moved to in Jersey when I moved from Brooklyn was North. I lived in North, but I was still going to school in Jersey City. Like we did, we used somebody else's address. Ha ha, we got over. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, like North was just like Brooklyn. It was like it was no difference except the fact that it was certain parts of North where the Puerto Ricans like, didn't like the black people and the black people didn't like the Puerto Ricans. So none of them liked me because <laughs> they didn't know what the fuck I was. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's the gutter part. Jersey City is something different, man. It's something different. I, I learned about it when I came to Newport Mall one time. Jersey City is something different. I love it, though. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, my family originally came from New York. And then moved to Jersey to Hoboken, then to Jersey City. But Jersey City was always had the twin towers in the backdrop, so we was always close to New York, but not New York. But yet we was Jersey, but not totally Jersey. So it was within the middle of this world, this little purgatory and shit that you had, which that gives you a different mindset as well. You kind of New York, but you're not. You kind of Jersey, but you're not. You just you become some other shit. And with that, it gives you a different type of mindset, different perspective on things. You see things from a, a certain view. And you're always looking at the skyline, you know what I mean? And you, you that's a, a, that's some a inescapable view because it's always there. It'll obstruct your vision wherever the fuck you go. It's still going, it's going to be there. So it was, there's two people in Jerry City. You either try to rise above to rival the height of the skyscrapers in front of you, or you resign to the silhouette of those uh, tall structures and just stay in the shadows. You know what I mean? Very poetic, very poetic. So with that being said, let's, de let's delve deeper into this group because my first experience with Billion Man Rebellion was at an open mic showcase 
it was the last showcase. I forgot at whatever event it was because me and you on um, CS spoke at the end outside. Mm. But I was walking out with one of the people who performed and Billion Man Rebellion took the microphones and I had to stop and turn around. And the person I was with said, who the F is that? And, I, and we just stared at the stage like, yo, they got it. I was like, they got it, Joe. They got it. And um, yeah. unfortunately, my car, my, my ba- the battery of my camera wasn't even acting right. But I wanted to get that stage show so bad. And that's why I talked to you after the show and said, yo, I got to get you on my platform. It, it, it has to happen. What is the, what is, what is the thing that bring, comes out of you when you hit the stage that makes everybody feel that energy and not just listen to your music? So, yeah. Man, um, well, you know what I'm saying? My background is Puerto Rican. Like, in my ancestry groups that are mixed with us, um, European, obviously, Indian from the Arawak, Dainos, or the first, the first remnants of the, 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 the first people to fight against uh, Euro, Euro-colonial oppression in the, this hemisphere, and West African. Um, and our culture is extremely ingrained. Africa, West Africa is ingrained in the cultures, the spiritual, the, the vibrance, the, the, the backbone of it. You know what I mean? With West African griots, Drum. Transplanted in there, the drums, the bomba, plena, all of that, gombe, olande, cunha, yuba, you know, say all of that stuff or whatever. So I always like to get to the root of shit. And when I got on stage or whatnot, I did not know where this essence was coming from, but I know it came from somewhere. And it's odd for me, someone as light as me to be saying some shit like this, but the essence of Africa in is so potent, you know what I'm saying? When you get on stage, that's what you're doing. It's back into that ritual, back into that griot, back into that 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 bembe, or back into trying to channel the orishas or whatever it is. Something is occurring. There's some sort of chemical reaction in the brain. It's a communication between you, God, and the crowd, and you're the medium. You know what I'm saying? And once you have that, mm-hmm. then you have a new, you have a profound respect for you as a master of ceremony on stage because now you know that you are there to relay the information from the crowd to the up higher being and from the higher being down to the crowd. So you have a very, very important role to play. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what I, I, I really feel when I get on stage. And then when I get on stage with my, my partner in crime, well, then we reach in a whole new level, especially all the years that we've been uh, performing with each other, experimenting flows, creating music with each other, it's a whole different level. It's like going on stage with your family member who has been to be equally as talented as yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's like what Cab Calloway with his sister or some shit like that. Not 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 saying, you know, genders based here, but you know what I mean? It's like you going on stage with someone who grew up with you and became equally as professional as you. And y'all both deserve that time. So when you hear BMR uh, set, you hearing history in there. You hearing history. You hearing spirituality. You hearing drums. You know what I'm saying? Even though there's no, it's from the the the, the polyrhythmic um, verses that we laying down through the mic. It's an experience, and that's what we. That's what we. That's what you felt that day. How many times they put us front? They put us the first ones on. Sometimes <laughs> they put us the first ones on. Like you be, they be, and I'll be like, yeah, all right, that's yeah. what's up. 
I've I've done open my uh, had to open up be the opening act for Mortal Technique, mad other artists, mad times all over the world, and people would appreciate that because of be like, damn, you still rocking even if it was three motherfuckers or a thousand motherfuckers. I used to rap for my grandmother. She would be the only one to listen to me rap when I was a kid. Have our little our little makeshift talent shows. That's another thing. Dantique and I grew up, were raised by our grandmothers, so we have a lot of things in common. Um, but that in itself gave us that shit like, yo, if it's a one motherfucker or a thousand motherfuckers, we gonna give them the best performance that we can to our maximum potential. Cause that's what we represent is quality and history and experience. So that's what you heard that day, B. That's a fact. All right. From my perspective, it's everything CF said, plus the fact that when we was on them corners rapping, for one, when my family, I go to my family house in the Bronx from Brooklyn, and they will all be playing instruments. And everybody had a turn. Everybody had a solo. Everybody had a thing. I, I was too young to even to know. I was just in awe looking at it. So when it was when I actually started writing rhymes and shit, and we was on the corners, we would we would project because it was so much going on. There'd be girls over here, it'd be somebody mother over there, there'd be cars going past and all that shit. So we had to project so people could hear what we actually saying. And that's what we do on stage. We give you every bit of what we're feeling at the time so you can hear it for real. And like, I, I'm not, not to shit on like what, what the young people doing because it, 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 it sounds like they're not, they don't really believe themselves. We believe ourselves because we talk some real shit every time. And that's how it was like in our time. We had to, I was, I, I, I seen KRS get on the microphone one time and he was the loudest person in the room. And that fucked, it fucked with my head because I didn't know how to do it. Like, then me and CF been on do getting on stages like since I was signed to Sony in like '95. I would bring these niggas me, yo, come look over here, and we, it's trial and error. We would fuck up. Some I got booed a couple times. It was whatever. Like, but over the years we learned how to do the same shit we did on that corner, on that stage. That's a fact. It's that street corner cipher shit. The street corner performances, and then when it comes to a stage. It becomes something different because you've already put yourself in there. You don't had the, the, the sparring, you know, saying the trial and error, the experimentation. So people ain't getting the beta. They getting all alpha when you're on stage ready to kill shit. It's the hunt, the shit that you done trained for. Where, plus my pops, my pops was a club promoter back then too. So every show that he had, he would have us perform. Like no matter who's performing that night, we would perform. So yeah, the, I remember had, all yeah, of that. Just, that's the fact. I forgot that you know saying that we've been doing that. Then I started traveling all around the world and just just rocking and shit like that. So that ended up boosting my confidence as well. Because what we got is confidence based on experience, not arrogance based on um short term gratification or some false superiority complex. Like we've been putting in our time. We've been well, that's putting time in time. And that's that kind of Jersey fortitude. Oh, facts. Never that's say a die. fact. That's a Never that's say a die. that's a thousand percent facts. Nah, we have fun, man. Facts. That's just, it, it's still fun to this day. We rocked at the gravesite uh about a week or two ago. Like I that was our first performance since this pandemic shit started. And I think we raised the dead a little bit. It was kind of cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know, you know a, 
you know Yo, and, out, and that, that was so dope. You, you know it's bugged out, though. You, you, you went really into the spirit of things. And I always tell people, hip-hop is not music. And if you think hip-hop is music, I think you really miss the point of what it is. Hip-hop, hip-hop is so spiritual that it yeah. comes from God. That's why I named this platform Heritage Hip Hop because mm-hmm. God's heritage is His children, which is humanity, and hip hop is what He gave us. You know, your Don't heart, your yeah. heart is a drum, and the and, the, and the drum is the heart of the beat. We walk in journey, we walk through life, we take journeys or journeys of made through steps. We write notes of music on lines, which you call steps. We have we have systems in our body that makes us breathe, makes us um produce sweat and sex and everything and that's called a system and when systems work together they work in harmony and when the beats and the rhymes come together and perfectly it's called what harmony so because hip-hop is so in tune to what we do it was important for us to have a celebration of those who really live it and, and, and honor it and take it into their hearts so that's why i think that live performance was so real to me is because you amplify your essence or your knowledge of self through beats. You see what I'm saying? That's gangster. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. That's a thousand percent. Actually, you just you said that so eloquently. That's exactly what the fuck is being done when Word. we go out there. The manifestation of all the the time, the 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 development of our expression from trial and error to it came to a point where it reached that perfect pitch, that harmony. Word. You know what I mean? It makes it makes one think the architect of the universe most likely was putting this shit together to some sort of rhythms that we will never fathom and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because we didn't have to that's meet, crazy but shit. we did. Like that's just different. I could have went to any school. <laughs> well, yeah, everything everything's yeah, yeah, meant yeah. to happen for a purpose. There's yeah, nothing yeah. that happens by accident. It's only our choices that make our roads go the way it's supposed to go. You know what I'm saying? And with that being said, let's talk about the choice of the album itself, The Static Files. Now, it was nominated for a project of the year, not because it was a dope album. I think having a dope project is better than having a dope album. Because the album is something that you can listen to, but a project is something you can live with. You know what I'm saying? Gangsta. So even from the cover art, when I saw two gentlemen standing in red, but it's called Static Files. Now, if you know the definition of static, static is either the electricity that disrupts the norm or static is the balance that makes life possible why was this called the static files man like produced by dj static (laughs) that's a that's a fact it it was produced by dj static is a dj uh toward a a phenomenal producer uh who i knew for a long time and i went on tour with him extensively because he was a mortal techniques uh, main DJ after DJ G.I. Joe. So I developed this relationship with um, DJ Static. He's a, a brother of Ghanaian descent. He's from Ghana, West Africa, from the Bronx. Um, and uh, he just works. Like, we would be on tour and anybody want to go meet chicks and smoke trees. I don't smoke or do none of that. And I don't really get, I ain't give a fuck about the groupies. My music was in, in, not that I got anything against people that smoke or do that. That's just not what I did. My focus was I wanted to do music. That's what I wanted to do. I really wanted to travel the world, make money off the music, and give them the message. That's it. And Static was on the same vein. So he would be in the hotel room. Or sometimes they'll have us, you know, uh, share the same room together. And we just be creating. While everybody out there doing whatever the fuck they got to do, painting the town, whatever, 
We was just creating. We was doing what we was meant to do. Well, we what, 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 what that, the reason why we were there. Yeah, we had yeah, our experiences. Yeah. yeah, but we took our experiences and, and, and the reason why people saw us and, and took and, and, and told us, yo, come to this place or we'll pay for y'all is because they seen that we had hunger in our eyes and it was going to feed us the visions. So when, I, when me and Static linked up, he's seen that out, me, him and I, we were like-minded in terms of our work ethic. And I always wanted to do an album with Don Teak. I was on the Viper Records at the time, and what I wanted to do was kind of get more fame through that role, and then have Teak, because Teak was—he had his family. You got, you know, say so he can't just break out on the road like that. So I was gonna try to establish a cushion where we could get off good financial backing, where we could travel at least, go on a tour, a light tour together, and live out a dream for a second, and then do a project. You know what I'm saying? Because we never really got to do an official, official project. So. I asked uh, Static, I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I got my man Ron, like, you got some beats for us and shit? And you always making beats, and I, you did mad joints for projects and albums that I did. So I started getting beats, and I'll send it to Teak. And then Teak developed a relationship with Static as well. And we would send joints like, you know, like that BMR1, which is the one of the joints on the, the project. That was Classic. one of our, that was the first track. That was the first track we recorded together. On a static joint. That's a classic song. Yeah. Good looks. And that's how it started. So static heard it. He's like, oh, all right. And he kept sending us more joints. And then that's how. At that time, I was on Viper Records, but my album was kind of on delay because, you know, a mortal technique was, I guess, not not traveling. And, and the engineer that I work with was now had to uh, go on tour and do like Pro Tools, live Pro Tools sessions for like Alicia Keys, Ed Sheeran, K-pop group. So he was busy doing that. I had, I was like, shit, I, I gotta go, I gotta still create. I, I have to, I, artists constantly creates, that never stops. And Teak was always creating. So I got with my day one, I was like, yo, let's just keep making music. We was making other different types of projects on the side. For every project that we had producers give a shit to, we named the producer's name and files. So Johnny Bravo was a producer. He gave us some tracks. We call them the Bravo files. Uh, someone else was like, gave us tracks. We call it that file, Biko files. So Teak would put them under those categories on a folder. This, this files, or that files. The static files had something a little bit different because of the fact that, I don't know, the production was more quality. I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying we ended up getting more loose on his beats than we did with other people's shit, at least in my opinion. Yeah, we, we recorded three albums, like, just to see what we will actually have. And then the stat, like, we, like, for, the Static Files was the first album Then we recorded the Bravo Files and we recorded the Vico Files. Like, just because we was making a lot of music and whoever made the beats, we will put it as they files for, for that time being and shit. But the Static Files shit, it, it stuck more. Like, it was a, it was a better plate of food at that time for us to put out and, and structure it and make, and make it an actual album. Yeah. I mean, so that whole shit, like the way how that came out, but it's interesting that you say that because the static and the duality and its meaning and definition is reflective of our, uh, you know, what the project is and our contrast between Don Tique and myself, because we are two totally different individuals who known each other for, more than 20 years and 
tend to mesh well on record. You know what I mean? Like it's DC and AC is, you know what I'm saying? It's like that kind of crazy shit, the contrast and the, and the elevator um, on the album cover and it being red. Another thing the red is, is, is like either you stop or you angry, you know what I mean? And then the elevator, either we going up or we going down or one is up and one is down. I might be down at one moment. He might be up the next. He might be down at one moment. I might be up, you know, or I, I, you know, this or that, but we are there to kind of lift each other up. We are the people that control the console on the elevator to get us where we got to go to. So, you I know what I mean? That's that about all other groups too. Like smooth V ain't nothing like Greg nice. Like <laughs> when you look at actual, like real dope groups, they, they're all in the, they're always, individuals that, that that actually could hold their own and shit yeah so i mean a lot of times it's what the contrast is what gives it the unique appeal mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying what gives a group its longevity like you said uh uh dexterity um the what makes it durable and why is it that our relationship is uh transcendent even with the death of our our one of our original members of ours, because our, 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 our mutual friend was murdered in 99. So we continue to pass the torch in his name. Oh, but we never really did an official record. So what you listening to when that static files is 20 years of things that never got done until now. That's the that's very interesting, because when I interviewed Billy Dan's, right, he said M.O.P. was never a hip hop group. M.O.P. is a family. They just rap. <laughs> well, so, like that relationship is what comes through and makes them so dope. I told Billy Dance, he's one of the most quoted rappers of all time because he has a, a line or bar or a punch that everybody can make a song out of. It's so gangster. No <laughs> oh, yo, I got a story about son. I got, I don't want to tell. <laughs> yo. Yeah, you want to tell it? So, yeah, so, yeah. yo, back in the days, you remember in, in the bricks, there used to be this club called the Zanzibar, right? Of course. And so, so Teak was signed to Epic Street, and he was, he was, um, and he's from Brooklyn, Brownsville. So he ended up rocking a show with Mad Brownsville Heads in the Bricks. Uh, I think, um, uh, members of Boo Camp Clicker. I think Smith Wilson was, yeah, was there. Smith Wilson was there. Smith Wilson was there. MOP, MOP was there. Smooth the Hustler, right? Yeah, yeah. Helter Skelter Eye. So all these people there, and we was deep, T was deep as hell because, I mean, people don't know, T half Puerto Rican. So his, his father already amassed a bunch of Puerto Ricans from Lower East Side, and we went there in like a mini tour bus, a tour van, or some little van or whatever that we went out in. So we was wild deep, a bunch of Puerto Ricans. It was, yo, that was, it was, I think it was some the, of them was It was hard. the 15, 15 passenger van that my dude would use to take, he had, um, he had special needs kids that he would take from here to there, and that was his job van. And they would just after the after work, they would just fill up the van <laughs> and go chill, smoke, or whatever. Yo, Sometimes son, they used to come to Jersey and come to our show. Word. So they came in as like an entourage. Was be out there in the bricks, and this is the time when this is before Bloods and Crips. Even though I think the legacy of Bloods has been in Jersey longer than New York, you know, what I'm saying about some direct West Coast Connect, which could be speculative, I don't know, but this was when the Zuku was popping. That was they shit. 
So we out there, we rhyming. Everybody gets booed, yo. Everybody. They don't give a fuck. We in the bricks. Everybody. All these Brooklyn dudes getting booed. I don't give a fuck. Everybody getting booed. Except, except Little Fame from MOP. And I'm still trying to figure this out. So one of the heads from the zoo crew was like, when MOP yeah. came up, it was about to boo him. He's like, ain't nobody booing Little Fame. Fuck out of here. Nobody. And I was like, how the fuck did MOP get some sort of, like, pass in the bricks and anybody else got booed for Brownsville? I'm still trying to figure that shit out to this motherfucking day. To this motherfucking day, yo. And, yeah, you know, that. <laughs> so now that you brought that out, that's just a little uh, 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 history, a hip hop history, Jersey hip hop history lesson. Word, and peace man. out to the zoo crew who, that, who, who was really fucking holding the bricks down. And peace out to the Zanzibar and shit. And yo, peace the fuck out to Little Fame, man, because he got that shit the fuck off. That's gangster. Yeah, and it was a peaceful love. night too. It was a peaceful night. Like that's that was the crazy shit. Niggas got booed, but everybody everybody left safe. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you something though, the next following week, um, there was a, a party at uh I think in Essex County College or Wu Tang was that or performance. And I think they tried to jump Wu Tang or some bullshit like that. And I believe that it was it was the same energy. You don't go to the breaks back in the nineties thinking you're gonna have a right show and you don't got no connect. Cause you will get they, the motherfuckers will shut that shit the fuck down at least from from back what I remember. B. So you had a performing jersey, you better be made of some shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's definitely, like, definitely. And, and see, even with that energy, right? The thing I know about MOP is MOP has ties to New Jersey where Billy Dan's and Lil Fame are like they they seem just like brethren to the state. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? And even That's, with, that I, I learned that that day. <laughs> and even with this album, there's a, a certain connection that makes this album so New York, so Jersey, but yet so necessary to the culture. The song that you brought up, BMR One, I put that on Heritage Hip Hop playlist number three, and it wasn't even my favorite song on the album. It was just that the energy was just so raw that. We don't hear that enough when it comes to today's rhymes and today's hip-hop. Do you think the soul of hip-hop is dormant or sleep or lost and that you have a sound that's just so pure hip-hop that it is necessary for us to keep that sound alive even though the radio may not play it? Yo, that, that's crazy how you say that. Um, T, you got something for that? I was just going to say we're from a time where that, that's what it was. Like, it, it, it's all, we, we on some Willie Mammoth got frozen and then unfrozen type shit when it comes to that, because that's what we do. We advanced it to the point where people could understand it from wherever, but we, we got to give it to you like that. There's, there's no other way to do it. We don't know no other way. Yeah, I mean, the shit is, I, I, when I was, I was looking at, like, Afro-Cuban shit and, you know, saying how they, they had the the purists and the folkloric, uh, you know, the, the players of the drums and like that. And the same thing in Puerto Rico. And I'm like, well, if they doing that there and that's African music transplanted in the Americas, then why can't hip hop have the same essence? And that's what we doing. We doing like folkloric and it's bugged out to even say it like that. Cause it just sounds funny, but it's true. We doing folkloric music, like from the nineties, 
in with the now sound. Yeah, it has that essence of being frozen in time shit, which makes it, you know what I'm saying, so unique that it probably it won't get played on no fucking on on radio. But that being said, it's something that's specifically uniquely a Jersey shit. It's a, it's something that it, the music we do is a gift to the places we from. That's a fact. It's like giving back to where we came from. So it, it, sometimes we don't get paid for this shit. Like we didn't get paid for none of this project. We generated in a pandemic like twenty five hundred that we put it back into the next project because we already nineteen joints into that. But the main thing is this for the culture. It's for the preservation of the culture, especially in this day and age. You know what I mean? The the truest American art form is jazz. You know what I mean? And Benny Goodman did what he did. But Benny Goodman ain't going to be no Miles Davis. Miles Davis is a purist. You know what I'm saying? He believes in the roots because he's he's rooted in the music. It's in his bones. It's made him who he is. Or the people that are directly from New Orleans that that did that. Not, not, not the others that didn't come from it, like the Louis Armstrong or even going deeper into that. Marcellus Wallace Lonious and Monk. shit like that. Lonious the Lonious Monk. Monk. But I mean, Marcellus Wallace and shit like that. He sees that He's from there. He's from the roots where he eats the gumbo. He he smells the smells. You know, he been a Congo square. He done seen him play Bamboule type shit. Like, he's seeing that essence, and it lives in him every day. It's a part of what he breathes. And that's the type of hip-hop we are. We breathe that shit because we come from that era. But that era also is a bygone era to many. I don't really think so. <clears throat> you know what I think it is? I think hip hop allowed the middleman to steal the essence. So the people who are holding on to the soul are holding on for dear life while the body is being torn away from it. Let me, let me just, let me just, um, I, I say think that. niggas That's is just chasing whatever's on the radio. But what you said was so gangster. That's gangster. Nah, I like, I like what he said too, but there's a, there was a time where everybody was just chasing whatever the fuck the South was doing on the radio because that was the only way to get on the radio. So our shit changed into some other shit. I kind of like what it is now with the young kids. Like, they got yeah. a little bop to it that's wild. I can't even front. That shit is yo, dope. Yo, I don't, the only thing I don't like about it is th the fact that you got to be going at somebody. It got to be like some... You got to be killing them instead of just spitting some dope shit. Like yeah. there's, there's that's crazy. Like, when there's an energy that it's an energy that you could bring to your own. When you go to your own shows, you don't want the energy to be, oh, they came here to kill me, not to watch me perform, because I've been talking about killing them this whole time in these songs. Like, like, like that, it, it gotta be something doper than that. Man. I I feel like the music is the drum, and the drum is still war in its in itself. It preps you for war. It's part of everything else. So, you know, that's always a part of their culture. People can never separate that from it. They try. And we, we can't tell people, like, you know, this is th that warrior culture is not a part of the music because they go hand in hand. And unfortunately, the no, I'm just saying it can't be the totality the of it. System. That's all. Yeah, I got what you mean. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a thousand. But I mean, like, to me, I could appreciate what people are doing. I mean, the South is where this shit originated from, to be truthful with you. I mean, not probably. Hip hop came. By way in the East Coast through, you know, West Indians from Jamaica with the 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 systems culture, you know what I mean? The 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 audios, the the speaker culture that they had there, the the the, the um the uh the the scanting, the chanting, 
Yeah, but um, they also they also had a uh like like pick feet pick feet Markham like here comes Judd. They was rapping for yeah. a long time. But you mix that Boy. with the with the, the shit from Jamaica, then you mix then you mix the fact that niggas is like, yo, I'm gonna have these turntables. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. The and they was doing things. break that whole break beat shit, that's part of that. But even in Puerto Rico, that's in the West dancing. Indies, in in the Caribbean, there's something it, 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 even in Puerto Rico there was something called Poema Negro, the black poetry. You know what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. people would rhyme on drums. So that griot culture uh into modernized through Jamaican, brought into the East Coast and the South Bronx, and adapted by the African Americans there with Puerto Ricans, kind of reinforcing whatever they already had, created that sound mm-hmm. with the fact that they in that place where there's there's poverty and all that stuff. That the only thing that they can do is focus on creating a culture to allow them to escape from the realities of the conditions that they were living in and shit like that. Right. But even that today. Black, and that blackout helped too when, when they got the still all Oh, yeah, equipment. yeah, when they got all the equipment and all that. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. But like what yeah, I'm saying yeah, is the yeah. South, the, getting back to what I was saying real quick, yo, the South um, is just the, the music that they doing is another segment of that evolution. Whether mm. it might not sound with multi-syllabic Wordplay and shit like that. They got some of it's, them. Big Crit is dope. Yeah, no, Big but not even dope. that. All of them are yeah. out there. But there's an appreciation in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, no, I can hear Boomba. appreciation Bumba. in all of it. I yeah. used to live out there. I, I South Carolina. You already I know. I remember when I, you was I, talking I, with the swag. I was like, oh, what the fuck you talking out here with, bro, with a country I, I shit? That That's shit, gangster. But it's, when, when you try to chase it over here, it becomes, like, mundane. Let them niggas do their shit, bro. Like I'm glad that this yeah like, it, no it's you not like that it. anymore they 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 changed it into something like dope with this um with this like with the music that that they're doing now like but the, they also got it like the grime shit is kind of like that and the, um but like it started from trap but like trap then turned into grime then it turned into into the the the, the Chicago shit the drill yeah. like not everything they got, now they got Brooklyn right. drill. Well, that- they got a bunch of other shit, and it's dope. All I'm saying is say something. Yeah, I nah, but you, you say something. You know what the ill shit is? Back in the days before the advent of the internet and shit like that, and I did specify, I did, did emphasize on back in the days and shit because it wasn't that long ago to be truthful, but it was that people were bottlenecked within their own region. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and being that you bottlenecked in your own region, you in your own spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got no other external influences, so it, uh, it allows you to cultivate something that's pretty unique to that area. You know what I mean? And still, like, I, I even go back to what we was talking about, Bomba and shit. Even that, because that, I was, I was watching some shit in a documentary about all the different ways how this sort of African drumming uh, or, 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 or musical form was played on the island, and it was distinct according to each individual town. And the, the island is only 100 miles uh, 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 east to west and 20 north to south with all of this uh, uh, diversity in this musical form played different depending on the town that you in. And I was like, that's Whoa. gangster. And that, imagine they, and, and some towns didn't see other towns because there was no transit system back then. These people were bottlenecked <laughs> and had no way to go out. So they created something that was distinct, distinct. And that's in a small area. You know what I'm saying? Imagine this vast, 
land mass in the United States and how what type of things popped up in all different genres. Some come and gone because they wasn't recorded. There was no Smithsonian back in the eighteen hundreds and shit. You know what I'm saying? So like what what we are witnessed at least our time was the last uh preservation of that those kind of sounds that didn't have those immediate external influences. So let's bring it back towards and, the and album. Let's bring it back towards the album. With all that being said, in different mm-hmm. territories, let's talk about Brooklyn, New Jersey. That song was played last. <laughs> no, that song was played two weeks. No, last week. Last week on the Bally, the 420 Bally Hour show on A Squad Rebel Radio. Salute to Chief Bally. That song was played in um and um the crowd. It, it was it was. How do you feel about it? And it was a lot of we puffing it at. We puffing it at. We like that. We like that. So, so since we're talking about territories and energy, what was the energy that made that track work and fit perfectly into that project? Go ahead, Chief. Um, Static had the beat, and then June did a chorus, and it went from there. <laughs> like, word up. That's one time I did, like, say, yo, let's do this on the chorus or whatever. I was like, yo, just say, say Jersey and say Brooklyn, and that's all he needed. He he went in on the chorus, and we just went from there. Yeah, I mean, I thought like yeah. the whole the the sound I thought is like Brooklyn and Jersey City had Manhattan surrounded, cause Brooklyn's to the East River and Jersey City to the Hudson River, and it's like we got Wall Street surrounded on both sides. You know what I'm saying? And that, that was my main kind of concept behind it. And there's similarities between Brooklyn and Jersey City because of the fact that they so close to 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 Manhattan. You know what I mean? It's like Jersey City is like the Brooklyn to the the West from the Jersey side. I like how you said that. Because uh, going back to the project, both sides of your character is what's forming the sound. CF is yeah. the Tasmanian devil. He going to spit. And when he spit, is eloquent, <laughs> intelligent, and relevant. But when T is smooth, deadly, and punctual. So if you're a real hip-hop head and you really like the bars and you really like flow, y'all hit the mic in such a way that how can you duck from a gut punch but then get hit with an uppercut? It's like either way those the track comes, you're going to get hit either way. And, the, and one of my favorite songs on the album that showed that was um, Reason. Talk about Reason and the message that you wanted to give from that track. Man, that shit was wild, deep, that song. Go ahead, T. You, 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 let, you let me know your side. I was basically saying we, we all here for a reason, and I know I'm here for a reason. It's like kind of like an affirmation type shit, like just to, you know, sometimes we need to pump ourselves up. But in the verse, I was more like showing people that, yo, I've been through this shit too. I know you're going through this shit, but I've been through this shit too. And when CF went in, that shit, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a little ill. Tell them about it, man. Yeah, my, my shit, I like to get, I, I get personal on record because I always want the audience to connect and I always want to just be transparent and speak to people that are going through things that are not being, uh, that people are not vocalizing on record. You know what I mean? Nobody's talking about uh, certain things like infertility within minority communities and things of that nature. So I was in a relationship where I was helping a girl raise her child or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't know anybody who's ever been in the stepfather position. It's, it is what it is. But I wanted to raise this child to be a better man than me because I grew up with no father. 
and we was trying to have a child. But you know, saying I found it was discovered that I had on something called cystic fibrosis, but not not the full shit, but a mutated gene that's inactive, but it still could it, uh, stop you from having kids. You only could have kids like through IVF or some shit like that. And the girl wasn't with all of that. She didn't really give a fuck about trying to create a family. She was cool with me taking care of her kid, but not me having a family. So it made me tend to think like, am I in this relationship because I give a fuck about the kid or is it because I want to heal the inner child that I went through? So I had to go through an accountability and realization at that moment of what was my legacy going to be since I might not be able to create one. And so my legacy was music. And, and that's why it gave me a reason to keep creating. Because if you can't create in one aspect, you can create in another. You know what I'm saying? And it was changing perspectives. And that, when you're doing an album or when you're doing a song, there's a psychology behind shit. We're not doing shit because we want to get super paid. We have a story to tell while we're on this planet for a short period of time. And we want people to know that people like us did exist. And that no matter what it is that we're going through, we all going to get through it pandemic shit like that so that's that's what my thing and no one ever talked about shit like that on record no one ever talks about shit like that no one ever they tell you about getting high they tell you about fucking a bunch of bitches they tell you about this that and the third but they're not telling you about human issues like obviously racism is a human issue obviously um what's going on within the inner urban areas within black communities specifically and brown communities are real fucking poignant shit but there's also other things affecting brown, brown and black communities that are not being expressed on records because people are either scared to talk about it or they just think it's not cool. And we're not here to do the cool shit. We're here to just be transparent and, 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 and speak to those who don't have a voice, give voice to the voiceless. And that what that record was about. It was about legacy, which brings us to our next album. When our next album, we call, we call it a Ghost Lineage. Because it's like about, imagine if we had, you don't know who started BMR. The two people that started it was a mythos. And now everybody's coming up, concocting all these different images of these two individuals who CF and, and Don Teague really are. When it's far from whatever they depict us to be because they never met us. You know what I'm saying? So with, it, that, with that being said, first and foremost, salute to y'all for being artists and making your art. But I want I don't want the I want the people who are listening to this to understand that, like I said, hip hop is more than music because music is just a door. And if you're running just to get to the door, then you're gonna be nothing but a spectator to the people who pass through the door and elevate past beats and go into life, rhymes, purpose, and stability. So with mm -hmm. that being said, please reintroduce yourself to the people and drop your social media, please. Peace. My name is Don Cheek. Hit me up. Dantique three Instagram, uh, Dantique at Gmail. If you got beats, don't send me no bullshit. <laughs> or Billionaire Rebellion at Gmail. Word up. Word. My name is CF. That stands for uh, Child Forsaken Constant Flow. You could hit me up at CF two zero one, like my area code. Uh, Billionaire Rebellion. On my IG, as well as uh, CF201 on my IG, CF201 on my Facebook, CF201 on my Twitter, 
And you can also hit us up at Billion Man Rebellion on Facebook as well. We currently have a website, www.billionmanrebellion.com, where we have the record on there. We have um, various merchandise that we're also selling. Anything that we get, all proceeds from the product go back to the next product and to this product we have two three buildings i mean sorry three <laughs> videos in development and i just want to uh, have the fans mindful that or anybody who's listening that the static files was financed by gofundme from the our fans we ain't come out of pocket with none of us something here and there but it was all financed by the fans so everything you hear if you get yeah. that record all the videos all the mixing was for the by the fans. Or by the fans. We ain't come out. I, they they believed in us, and then now they see the the quality and the product from their belief in us. And believe me, if you believe in us that much with that that just that little belief, that little faith, and you 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 will be amazed about the shit that we got coming. That's a fact. Well. Heritage Hip Hop is behind you, and we're going to support you in any and everything that we can. Because uh, one thousand, you were nominated for this project not because we want to hear music. You were nominated for this project because we felt the truth within what you gave us. So, for everybody out there that's listening, hey, stream this album to 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 you can't no more. But purchasing the album is what's better because by putting money down, not only do you sow into the people that make the product, you ensure yourself more music. Sometimes you don't need a scratch off. You don't need a bottle of water, but you need the music. So buy the single. And if the single's that good, buy the album. I'm going to tell you now out of five, out of five mics, I gave this four, the video. four and three quarters because this was like <laughs> damn near a classic album and the project makes it. It's, it's an even better mm. project. So, um, with that being said, y'all, I want to play the rapid fire um game with y'all. Y'all already play rapid fire? Y'all want to do that? Oh, uh, shit. Let's go. All yeah, right. yeah. What else? All right. So here we go. The rapid fire questions are not questions about who got the fattest butt or loving hip hop. I don't really care about that. The uh, rapid fire questions show your depth and knowledge of hip hop culture and where you're going to take your gift in hip hop in the future. So y'all ready That's, to go? Oh, deep. I hope I'm right, ready for this. Yeah, let's yeah. try. Okay. I hope All so right. too. I was drinking. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Question number one. What song or album perfectly describes you from another artist's catalog? Oh, shit. Mm, at, at what time, though? Like, perfectly describes you, period? It's your, it's oh. your question. You could take it any way you want. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, Damn, that's crazy. That's, that <laughs> was wild that's, deep. That's, yeah, that's kind of ill. Like, I got to... Uh, Yo, this interview was mad Nas, lit, though. That's a fact. Nah, 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 album, Illmatic. Okay, CF, what about you? Man, son, he just took it because I fuck with Nas <laughs> heavy. Like, Nas is the main... Oh, no, 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 Red Man, what the album? That was the first... That was a... That was, like, a big inspiration for me. That's a fact. Okay. That's a fact. I bet. I bet. And there is a dark side. It was actually wild there. Okay. All right. Question number two. Hip-hop is known for taking songs and remixing them. And for everybody out there who doesn't know what a remix is, we would either change the beat or add MCs to a song to prolong the life of an album or record. I ask both of you, what's the greatest remix in hip-hop history? Wow, that's crazy. Um... 
remix, you mean a, a sample from something that was done over again? No. Nope. Shut them down. Whole song. Oh, sh- oh, I got you. I got you. I, I, got I say you. shut them down. You. I love shut them down when that shit come on. That P- shut them down. Remix? Yeah, that was gangster. Um, what, 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 what remix that I like the most that I fuck with? Damn, yo, you got me thinking about mad shit. Um, fuck, now think, 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 yo, because there's been mad remixes that I'd be like, oh shit, oh, oh, you can't stop the profit remix by people. People be making some good ass <laughs> fucking remixes, son. All right, so we got P Rock on the remix. Now, let me ask you this though, y'all are a group. And I've known that you, I know that you have done songs with people and y'all have probably stole the show. That's called the feature or the guest 16, where somebody jumps on a track and they take the track over from the original artist whose song it is. <laughs> I want to ask you something. Who has the greatest guest 16 or featured bar in hip hop history? Man, son. Feature? I mean, I don't want to be redundant and say Nas on, um, on Raekwon album. That would that would be you can crazy. that was a great one you can but but he did shout out all of them on that shit that's nah, crazy. They, nah they all got off they all got off but nah, that's crazy um <laughs> nah, they killed that shit greatest, that's greatest, you got uh we got greatest I mean you know I would have said and this is Mac cliche M on that renegade shit you already know everybody know that though um nah fuck. I think OC or um OC on um on a fudge fudge shit where organized. You think he stole it? Okay. What? He stole it, yeah. Okay. Nah, yo. That's interesting. You the first person ever heard say that. (laughs) No, but that no. I know. The ill shit is, I was like, oh shit, who is this person? Like, I already, I, I seen these niggas, and they was like, oh, they got their mans too. (laughs) Like, they mans is kind of dope. The scenario yeah. remix that that first homie that he, he killed that shit. Nah, it busted oh, the hood. It, the, the hood, hood. Yeah, he died. The hood that passed away. Died. Word up, R.P. the hood. Yo, Word you up. know who else is dope on? I mean, and this is no remix shit, but Redman gave that dude a shout out. That Rockefeller rock on joint on the There's a Dark Side. That shit was mm-hmm. actually yeah. That that, that song was, that, that song was actually a remix. Shit, <laughs> Redman Redman on oh, Redman on EPMD album. That Hardcore. was the, he took over the show over oh, that shit. Word up. That's a yeah, fact. Yeah. All That's right, a let's... fact. Dang, EPMD, the hit squad was lit. So let's go to the next question. A headbanger. That was I got, I got, I got about four more questions before we turn this off. So one of the questions is, um, if you had the opportunity to make your perfect track, who's the feature and who's the producer? I right, see if you got to go first. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> oh, 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 one more thing. Dead or Perfect Alive, track. no restrictions. Perfect oh, track. Shit. He said Dead or Alive, too. Dead yeah. or Alive. Perfect, Perfect, Perfect track. track. Your, your perfect beat. Uh, if the, if there's a feature, who would you like to work with, Dead or Alive, no restrictions? Dead or Alive, no restrictions. Ah, Stevie Wonder. I go with you said Stevie. It, it don't have to be a, it don't have to be a rapper then. Oh, nah, it's whatever you want. I, I go I go with Stevie, man. I get him at the at the at the keyboard and I do the drums. It's over. <laughs> but who gonna make, oh, so he gonna make the beat and be the feature? Ah, you got the two for one deal. That's what's up. What? <laughs> That's how you work this. Shit. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. You know he you know he gonna want to sing on it. <laughs> Yo, he got that shit on. Now you, now I gotta do some typical shit because I ain't. 
I ain't thinking like that. That's crazy. Um, hey, dead or alive, yo? Who the fuck I fuck with? Dead or alive, yo? That's gangsta. Um, who the fuck was? Ooh, all right, let me see something now. You gotta think, think back, think, think, go deep and shit. Um, damn, legend, this is gonna be crazy. Who the fuck got the? Who's got the crazy drums, yo? <laughs> Who got crazy drums, yo? Knife uh, Wonder? Yeah. If it be a Knife Wonder joint, then it'll be something that I would like to rock with. If the drums is lit, like fast. Knife Wonder. Swizzy got period. Oh, Swizzy on some shit with on Farrell Munch on the chorus? Yeah, something like that. And Nas on the, no, Black Thought on the verse. Facts. <laughs> you got mad features. Well, you said only two, right, Legend? Nah, whatever so, you want. Yeah, it's I mean, your song. Uh, oh, it's yeah, Farrell Munch on the chorus. <laughs> Farrell Munch on the chorus. Black Thought with a verse. And then, um, uh, probably, yeah, I think Knife Wonder uh, on a, on a joint. I would have said Primo, but that would have been mad cliche and shit like that. But that, right, well, that definitely. Knife Wonder kill that and, and and, you, you know what we, I would I would love to make like um what's that Mon Spray or oh, Mon Spray remix from that J Rule album, right? Okay. Or me and Black yeah. Thought. Okay. Me and Black Thought, son, and Pharaoh on the chorus. Yo, why am I bugging? Yeah, yeah, more of that. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, that's fucked up. I was gonna have you on my shit. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I owe it. I mean, we done did mad features. I was like, ah, oh, I want to be on that now. <laughs> that were on the chorus. Oh, shit. I, I always thought really Black... Like... Yo, that's crazy that um, Pun put Black Thought on a feature on his joint because he said that Black Thought wouldn't outshine Pun. But now you look at fucking Black Thought's catalog, like, he, he a killer, B. He a let monster. Me, let me ask you this question. New Jersey is known for having some of the most eclectic monumental groups in hip-hop history the artifacts the lords fujis even if they were like somewhat unknown under the radar like signs of life rotten rascals cruddy click zoo crew brick mobbers sounds of life was wild though so where does bmr stand when it comes to being ranked with the hit with those type of um artists in jersey history of hip-hop hey put any verse up against yo for any song up against it I'm, 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 I got my money I mean, on my team, man. Word up. When you said, like, yo, Signs of Life, yo, when I heard that song about time and shit, that time doesn't exist and things of that nature, I was, I, I wouldn't mind being um associated with them for that, you, you know, even though they didn't get the crazy super prestige that they deserve and shit like that. There's a, there's a level of resistance in that kind of, like, not being known but known type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that unwritten rule kind of fame. I'll let it introduce you. I'll let it introduce you to him then. I would definitely like, I would definitely, that would be an honor. Um, I just like to know, since I'm from Jersey and I, I, you know, I always rep Jersey wherever the fuck I'm at. I don't give a fuck. I don't tell nobody I'm from anywhere else but Jersey. You know how some of them people that they be from Jersey and they think they go out of town and be like, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn or this, that, and that. No, I'm from fucking Jersey City. And be like, where that at? It's a jersey and it's a city. Put this shit together. All right. Because there's something, there's that, that's, that's just, you know, 
there's nothing more unique than being from Jersey. To me, All right. well, that's just yeah. the way I feel. I love New York, but I never I, even even if I move to New York, I always be a Jersey City motherfucker in New York. That's a fact. All right, so but we salute all the little groups, all the little groups. We listen to every one of them. Yeah, all of them. We Hell yeah, all the Fugees or Ryan uh, Rascals. Um, uh, word up. There's so Every, many. Everybody else who rocked out for Jersey, yo, and Jersey City groups, all Jersey City groups, Low Cash and the Shady Bunch, all the greats that passed. Were KS, uh, Rigor Mortis, were KS, Black Congress, Rolic, um, Army. Hitchcock, Ransom, that's the bro. The good bro, Ransom, he a god. Buttons, I fuck with Buttons heavy. I, I don't really, you know, people are going to say whatever, but... Oh, the A-team, that, that, they had their group shit, so Ransom was there, Hitchcock was there, Buttons. Animal um, Crackers. Animal Crackers, them the good bros. Uh, and with all that being said, all of y'all are invited to Heritage Hip Hop because we haven't really crossed into... We haven't really crossed into Jersey City enough. And we um, represent Jersey hip-hop worldwide. So we want everybody to come to Heritage Hip-Hop. So my next Word. question to you would be based on this. You do music. What is the song hip-hop has not made that you're dying to hear? Man, yo. That's deep as hell. Uh, what is the song? Nas Hove album. <laughs> oh, you said oh. song. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. I don't think it'll happen. Word? That would be. be interesting. <laughs> That's crazy because Jay Z did a Jay Z did a joint with Jay Electronica. Like Nas would have just turned that up twenty fucking like mad mad to the next level. Uh, shit, be. I, you know, hip hop is so interesting. Like I can never say where it's gonna be because it always shocks me you know what i'm saying it always when i think something then something else happens. it's constantly evolving which is crazy hip-hop is the, Even only, when living when you think the, it's the yeah. only one that lives yeah like if you, it's our natural you think resource, it's saturated too. with artists exactly. that you think yeah it's almost like it's i don't know if it, you know jazz is a true american art form but hip-hop is is the is the american art form of the times it's the, it's the it, it's, you know, it's the modern day that. prophets are the, the rappers of the day. It's funny that you said that because if you look at the definition, like I gave you a hip hop, hip hop was around, if you believe in the Bible, when Adam and Eve was around because something had to give rhythm to life. When it said God, God breathed in the earth, yeah. it's the inspiration. You get inspired to do beats. Inspiration is nothing but breath. That's a mm -hmm. spirit. That's a Every, the, Everything you said about that, like using the human anatomy as an analogy for what music is because it's true you know everything that you said is right like what we are is how we are interesting animals on this planet that we can take our conscious and put it in a rhythmic form and make other people want to listen to it and then repeat it you know what i'm saying and that's something that's very unique amongst all species on the planet because we could change the world with our words we don't we gotta only even... creatures that have knowledge of self and we project ourselves. A wolf can't teach a cat how to do, or a bird can't teach a, 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 par a parrot can't teach a, a pumpkin how to, but we can inspire and teach each other how to. Yeah, still that's sharpen still, and men sharpen men. Men don't rust, so we, we give lessons eternally. 
everything you said, it's amazing how human beings are that, you know, you could come from one specific group in uh, East Africa and then populate the globe and have this constant, even though genetically no one is different than anyone else. Only people from West Africa have the most genetic mutation, but we're all basically the same of the same homo sapien uh, prototype that, that came out from East Africa at that time. In 200,000 years, bring these 7 billion motherfuckers. And lions been around for how long? Probably 9 million and shit. And they still look like the same motherfucking lions they wore from the time they, they've been around since 9 million years ago. And that, I mean, that's just, that's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it was amazing. amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, even just to even move and do shit, to even Word. do things that we do and create tools, is there's no other species in the planet that can even do stupid shit like that except for us. The so dumb shit. That, so with that being said, everybody, once again, this is Karever Heritage Hip Hop with the Billion Man Rebellion. And we come to the final question of this interview. And before we go... We like to say, make sure you purchase their album. Make sure you follow and subscribe, heritagehiphop.com, billionmanrebellion.com, Heritage Hip Hop on YouTube. Um, we have, uh, we have, we just had our award show. We're going towards 2021. We're building up our numbers. Please subscribe to our website, subscribe to our YouTube site. And when we get to a thousand subscribers on the YouTube site, we're going to have a contest for a PlayStation 5. So make sure you oh, get the numbers gangsta. come up and we're going to support the community. Also, all hip hop artists out there, we are not about music. We have interviews, not only to showcase or highlight who you are, but if you're looking for extra knowledge when it comes to the hip-hop game, Heritage Hip Hop is also here to brand and counsel people who are looking to become more. How come, as an artist, you put your stuff on streaming to stream for revenue when mainstream artists only make 5% of their income off of that revenue? So why would their 5% equal your 95% of what you want? Also, if you don't know what a Schedule C form is as an artist, you're really broke and you're doing this as a hobby. So if you really want to make money and you really want to be successful, come to Heritage Hip Hop and let us show you the six royalties that you are owed, but you're only getting one, maybe even that. Man, that's so with gangsta. that being said, here's the last question of the interview. Thank you for stopping by, but Heritage Hip Hop is about legacy and heritage, you know, and a thousand years from now, unfortunately, you two gentlemen are not going to be walking on the earth, especially during this pandemic and things going on. We don't wish any harm on you and your families. We wish y'all a long life. So may the most high bless you, your families, and may you, you have too. prosperity you too. until your you day too. is called. But a thousand years from now in the hip hop museum um, across the water in Harlem, they're going to talk about the greats and somebody's going to push a red button and, and um, BMR1, paranoia may come on. Brooklyn, New Jersey may come on, or one of my one of my my, my co-hosts, flight to Moscow may come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and a thousand years from now, you're going to be introduced, reintroduced to the world to another generation. So my question is, and this is the final and most important question of the first interview. I say first because the door is open. Y'all can always come back. You don't need an album to come on Heritage Hip Hop, and I don't talk to people just because they hot or they got something out. You're gentlemen okay. who who have a story, and I believe that. Because you're God's creation, you have a right to teach, you have a right to learn, and you have a right to tell your story. So with your story being told, a thousand years from now, it's going to be heard again. And I wonder, and my final question to you is, what is the legacy that you leave behind that made the world better because you did music? Wow, that's deep. Um, the legacy I want to leave behind is 
be yourself, express yourself in any way, shape, or form that God gave you to express yourself, have integrity, be about what you say, and make sure your family is safe, man. Order it up. Facts, CF? My thing is, like, I hope my legacy gives people a reason that no matter what the situation is, there's always an option. And that sometimes you have to just think things in a different perspective. And that's what this, this album was about. The psychology behind it, the character of it, is to give people a reason to exist, to be something other, which is more than just, you know, whatever they say, talking monkeys on a floating rock, we are connected to some some greater thing beyond us. And that's the message. And with that being said, everybody, a billion man rebellion is not only a nation, not only is it is a, a movement, it's also a monument of something that travels throughout time and throughout your essence. Music is forever, and so is their message. With that being said, with Billion Man Rebellion, this is Kareb and Heritage Hip Hop saying peace, and peace. we out. What up? Peace, Thanks man. A lot. For real. What up? As you see, Billion Man Rebellion is not the typical hip-hop group. And when you listen to their album, The Static Files, not only do you hear real life, but you hear them bars. With standout songs like Paranoia, Fight the Moscow, BMR1, Dirt. I mean, they have songs that not only show you their expertise when it comes to lyrical penmanship and gymnastics, they also drop them bars that got you really into your mind really perspective shout out to don t with the with the with the with the lyrical slow flow that is poignant and shout out to cf with the thunderous bars that's tasmanian devil they're wild crazy but they're strong and impactful this episode was brought to you in part by transparent credit repair the superheroes of the financial literacy credit repair world if you're looking to repair your credit and fix your income so that you can open your wallet to receive income and not pay out debts go to heritagehiphop.com that's right heritagehiphop.com and scroll to the bottom of the screen and click the link and fill out an application to transparent credit repair that's right heritage hip-hop is more than music and not only do we want you to tell the word about your music we want you to fix your credit so as an artist you can be great in everything that you do and own your brand everybody out there listening you can help us build our pro our programming platform by subscribing to heritagehiphop.com membership is free all you gotta do is sign up to heritagehiphop.com become a member you can hear the many uh artists that we showcase on our platform and right now we have the old 50 boys and their jersey series our jersey series playlist number two which features the best of the old 50 boys music and they have a big year coming up in 2020 to 2021 also, we have our playlist, which are members only. And for members of HeritageHipHop.com and the people who subscribe to Heritage Hip Hop YouTube, we have a very special surprise coming when we hit a thousand subscribers. So help us get our numbers up and you get something very special as well. We'd like to give a shout out to everybody that makes this program possible. Shout out to Fatty's Place, F-A-D-D-Y-S-P-L-A-C-E on Instagram. You're looking for a virtual assistant to help make your social media presence pop. Contact Fatty's Place to help you get the clicks and the likes that you want. Shout out to Fire Jaws and Wildfire Marketing. Shout out to Lex Diamonds of Diamonds Entertainment, D-I-E-M-E-N-Z. Entertainment LLC. Shout out to the DJ Big A. 
Shout out to Goodfellas TV, who's now has your boy on some major programs. Make sure you follow Goodfellas TV as well. The Big A Show is coming soon, and we are going to bring more great artists, more great minds, and showcase more great people that make the heritage of hip-hop, our culture, pop, and make it viable to the world as not only great entertainment, great media, but great education pieces as well. With that being said, salute to everybody that watched the Heritage Hip Hop Awards that just passed. And shout out to Double O with his new single coming out featuring Do It All and Tretch called Dust Till Dawn on the new album Huntsman Volume 2. You can go on HeritageHipHop.com, Heritage Hip Hop YouTube and see the Huntsman Cypher. Truth Behind Bars has come back and we're bringing you the best MCs from Brick City. This is New Jersey Hip Hop we're showcasing here on Heritage Hip Hop. So make sure you tune in to see more about hip hop from a New Jersey perspective. May the most high bless you and keep you safe. And with that, we say peace and we out. <laughs>